everyone. It's Friday night, so it's weekender time. And this week, we've got an awesome prize from the On Tabletop store. You could win the Orc Battle Force the Kildaka Warband. It's a big, beefy box of orcs. Really cool stuff. If you want to be in with your chance to win, comment on this show, like this video, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Right, let's get stuck into the show because we've got some awesome news to get through. We've got Carlos in from Cormorf's Belly to talk about the new Infinity campaign. Oh, yes. And we've got a Kickstarter that you'll just want to gobble up. Mm. The weekend starts now. Welcome to the show. I'm Lloyd, and this week I'm joined by Mr. Ben, Lady Free, and we have a special guest. We've got Carlos in from Corvus Belly because we're going to have a wee talk about the campaign for Infinity that kicks off next week. Uh, a biggie, Carlos, isn't it? Hey, glad to be here, guys. So nice to, to chat with you, really. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's going to be a big week kicking off next week for Infinity as the campaign rolls out. Well, uh, yeah, it's one of those online campaigns, but people have been asking for, for this so for so long already. And it's a kind of a natural consequence of the last big update for Infinity, which was the Raven Eye release of the last book. So the armies update and they have a new fighting rule. And uh, from the reaction of people when we announced the campaign, I, I can see that many people are still waiting for an opportunity to put the miniatures back on the table and, and try the new yeah. rules or the new flavor for their armies. Yeah, if you guys have taken part in Infinity campaigns before, this is along the same lines. The system works the same way, and it's still free to come and sign up. So next week, watch out on, on Tabletop. We'll put up a post so you can get the address and stuff for it. But I can bring up like a, a preview Ooh, a preview. A preview. Oh. <laughs> can you guys see the, the preview? Yeah, here we go. can. Here we go. go. This is top secret. I've not even seen this. This is top secret. <laughs> so this is how it works. You know, you've got this command map and you can see who's controlling each of the locations. And as people fight and take over um, locations, these these icons change so you can see who's, who's in control of what region. So you can plan your attacks because there are forums and stuff attached to this where you can like root for your own form and plan your attacks and say, oh, well, let's go for this location next and let's try to get that. Oh, they took this bit back. We need to target that. <laughs> so that's all going to be happening. And then there's news. So if I go into the if I go into the news section, as the actual campaign goes on, Carlos is going to be updating us with news as to, as to what the effects are and what's going on through the campaign. Um, if you go back to the homepage... Further on down, you can get the missions. So That's... once you've signed up, you'll get the ability to come in and download the missions, and then you can see what what missions are on what pages and stuff. So if I bring up the actual PDF, can you guys see the PDF? Not yet. You can see the still link. on the web page. We're still on the yeah. web page. I will just hold on one second, and I will get that for you. So this is the PDF that you can download once you've signed up for free, mm -hmm. and this will take you through. It's all the juicy details. Oh, wow. <laughs> about the campaign. Carlos, is there anything you want to say about this? Was I browsing through it? Well, uh, what we're looking at is a double page over there with the with the map, the actual the actual shot that we are going yeah. to be looking through yeah. all these weeks. 
And yeah, you can see that there are locations on the ground, on the surface of the planet, and then the Raveneye orbital station, which is a key, a key element, a key asset here for, for the strategic defense of the Durgama Peninsula. Yeah, I uh, just brought the homepage up again. You can see the homepage because that's yeah. where you can see the map in one. Yeah, different locations with different missions. No missions from the ITS tournament scene, but with the modifiers that well, that was that this certain flavor. You can see, of course, the icons of the factions like uh, already owning certain locations, but that just is a little advantage for them at the beginning. As soon as the people begin to report their their battles, they they will take over the different mm. spots. And that's the interesting thing. Nobody wants to lose a location. Everybody wants to conquer other locations. Certain factions have no locations, so they can focus totally on attacking. Other factions have like two locations. You can see two spots for the nomads right there on Raven Eye. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that will, in a certain way, if they want to defend, that, that that's a, a lot of the community of the faction will will get agree on the forums, and sometimes they if they have a good structure on, on commanding, they will decide, okay, we will focus on this objective, of yeah, defending yeah. our ground. So in a certain way, that balances out having more players from a faction than from another faction. So some of them will attack, some of them will defend. Uh, through all these years, through all these campaigns, many different approaches have been uh, delivered by the fan base on, on certain factions. Some factions behave like the alpha dogs, okay, you know, do, uh, <laughs> totally trying to establish a, a narrative on the campaign, uh, being uh, never lose a, a location. Other is totally uh, impossible to predict what will be their next move. And other factions were very smart, very diplomatic, making alliances with other factions or, or pacts of non-aggression, you know. Uh, Hakislam was very, very well uh, ruled, organized in the, in the last campaign. They were able to win the campaign, but not behaving aggressively, really. Uh, really not, not, not messing with the big dogs at the beginning and then Strategy. Uh, yeah, 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 very, very yeah. good strategy and very good organization inside the forums of the community of Hack Islam of those players really uh, agreeing with decisions and, mm. and behave very, very coordinately. Uh, other other factions are more like trolling everybody on the internet because, <laughs> because the community. But one of the things is it's not just the game; it's pre-game, post-game propaganda. Everybody, the community, get together and they react to, to to whatever happens on the map. It's really fun. It's really role-playing in the faction. Everybody, no, they don't don't speak or don't express themselves as as players. Everybody is like. Performing a, a role, okay, yeah. and and making public statements very officially, you know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, this is really fun. It's something that was, you know, uh, on tabletop. Bishop War put the war console there. Corbus really put the the game, the fluff, but it was a, a very natural thing of the players suddenly behaving in a certain way and suddenly uh, giving all the drama. To the campaign sometimes okay also cheating also tricking the engine <laughs> where they can what can they do to to really make their final outcome go to their side uh, lots of very funny things that happen and and also a certain sportsmanship and, and until some point 
What we're seeing also is that usually, you know, uh, we made phases for the campaign because usually two factions get in a power struggle in a single location and they stay there scoring points and nothing kind of happens. They just uh, passing each other and keep the pressure. So when they know that there are uh, a second phase and there's a deadline for reporting battles on a certain location, they can plan uh, better. They 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 still know where where the where is the final line of of of, of the road and stuff like that. Exactly. Ariadna, for example, these are the starting locations. So there are factions in control of different parts of both the planet and the space station when it kicks off. So you have to like get coordinated. For example, we can see Ariadna is in control of this location mm-hmm. and everyone else is equal because it's their location. And it's up to you guys as players to organize games against Ariadna and take this over, you know, really kick them back. So it's, it's really cool that way. And that little advantage that they have doesn't count for the final result. That there's a, a little patch over there to give the location to the faction, but in the final result is uh, up to the pure reports battles of, of, of the of the player base. Exactly. Uh, so it's a bit of sort of fluff based at the start to set the scene, but then it's not really counted at the very end. The extra points that they had this will all even out over the campaign. Yeah, and we should point out. Um, let me bring some points here. It's totally for free. It's just Corbus really making contents and uh, on tabletop uh, making the beautiful war console once again. So everybody can join, everybody can jump in. This year, we are allowing people to play and report games through TTS, through Tabletop Simulator, yes. because we know that there is a community there that during the pandemic uh, kept Infinity alive uh, <laughs> by playing on the computer because the tournaments were totally shut down. Okay. Yep. Of course. So just so if yeah. you're using that, make sure you take plenty of screenshots during your game and then you can oh, put all yeah. the cool screenshots into your battle report because the battle reports allow you to put in, you know, text descriptions of what happened and loads of images and things as you oh. go as well. That's how your yeah. report wins and stuff. You create a battle and then you say they won this, but it's, it's even cooler if you fill it all out. Yeah, and we should remember people also about that. How to to really play this campaign? Okay, you play the game, but when you report your game, okay, that will make it. Uh, that that's it. That will uh, tell the war console uh, to, to how to to put the the info on the map. And remember that if you make a very good battle report, that's scoring more points in the campaign. Really, I mean, politics. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So if if you if you make a, a battle with a friend, first of all, take photos. Okay, fine. First of all, describe the battle. Fine. Uh, also, uh, attach your army lists. Fine. Uh, video, more than welcome. And also link link the battle report with your uh, rival's battle report. So that will confirm to the war console even more uh, importantly that the battle was real. So those battles that has photos, description, army list, link, you know, those are the ones that really have weight on the map. You know, if someone just reports a little <laughs> battle report, I won 10 yes, I won. Uh, uh, a photo here, the, the war console and the war course and the people in the community will recognize that. And, and, and that uh, report won't have the same importance, weight, uh, you know, adding points to your faction as much as, as people think they do. Absolutely. So if you're there taking some photos and things to your battle, yeah. send the photos to the guy you were playing as well and say, here, put your battle report in. 
And then once the two ball reports and you can link them together, like Carlos says, and then everyone can see, oh, there is an actual player on this faction and there is an actual player on this faction. This is very likely a very real game. This will be weighted higher in the system. So it's all about propaganda. There's no point in sitting there trying to constantly just whack out, I won this and I won that, because people are going to go, yeah, that's not going to be ranked as high as this because oh. it doesn't look like there's any real player. Take take a selfie of yourself holding the that day's newspaper on your hand. <laughs> politics at work. There are politics at work all across, in front and in the background. And, and then as you play, you will rank up. So if I go into my commander, everything's kind of just going oh, yeah. reset here. But you can see you can get commendations and you can rank up. Oh, fantastic! That's my current rank, and then you get your achievements that you'll be unlocking as you go through the campaign as well. Medals and recognition, yeah, mm-hmm. which is really cool. I currently have a few because I've taken, I've taken part <laughs> in some others in the past. I say I've taken part. I've lurked in the background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the easiest way to take part. You know everything. And then in this year we have um, JSA as a faction. Do we want to talk Correct. about that, Carlos? Yes. Yeah. Uh, usually there, there's one faction. Infinity that is NA2, the non-aligned armies, which is a label that allows to have like the armies that are not really representing a nation or or a or a, a hyperpower, you know, which are mercenary companies or or JSA, which is a, a kind of a little subfaction from your team that uh, went away from the faction. So that is a label and uh, not so, not as much as a faction. Some armies inside the label of uh, NA2 have certain importance. So uh, uh, above everything is JSA, also Spiral Corps. Uh, sometimes certain heroes from the fluff assemble together, making a little uh, mercenary company or, or, or super A-team kind of stuff, and that is reflected over there. Oh, But pretty- this time, yeah. for the campaign, uh, um, because we know for the statistics that like 85% of the NA2 battles are being played by JSA. We are putting JSA on the map with their own icon, with their own flag, because they are very patriotic. They're Japanese. This is the Japanese army. And you know that Infinity has this kind of anime manga flavor, so many people go to that army. Still nowadays, one of the most popular armies. So JSA is reflected uh, in the map for this campaign. Absolutely. So when it kicks off next week, Yeah. Get, get signed up for free, oh. for free, and then you can come in. And if you need a little bit of help, there's a help and how-to section. That'll guide you through how all the little parts of the site function. So how to create your account. Actually, you just preempted my question. I was yeah. just going to ask and have you. Even before you sign up, you can you can come into the how-to, how-to and it'll, it'll show you how to create an account, <laughs> things like that. So that's... Really cool. I'm looking I love forward that, to I love it. that uh, Father Ted's taking part. That's yes. great. Father, oh, Ted. Father Ted loves infinity. <laughs> Something else that we should encourage people to do, you can organize small tournaments or, or just, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for the weekend, phone your friend and have a, a battle. Something that Corbusville is also doing is allowing, uh, there's going to be a special offer on ITS uh, codes that we call one shots because sometimes people wants to play, wants to participate in a campaign, wants also those battles to be part of the ITS tournament system. So we're allowing that to happen. And in fact, in the Corvus Online Store, there will be an special discount offer because of the campaign. So people can get one shots, which are just codes that allows you to report 
your uh, Nurgamate cover battle to the ITS ranking, which is so important for the most competitive players. So as you can see, is ITS friendly, is TTS friendly, is uh, all kinds of armies friendly, you know. Uh, many people have not yet got back into the table after the pandemic and they are waiting for a little little nice thing escapes. like yeah. this happening is what put them in the table. And of course, it's a perfect moment to buy miniatures and, and assemble new armies. And, of yeah. course, yeah. 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 <laughs> Plus, there is a, if, you're, if you've got a, a local friendly gaming store that you play Infinity at a lot, <laughs> you can say to them, look, add yourself to this other Infinity players can find your store or, or a club, for example. So there is a section here actually for creating clubs and stores. And then yep. what happens is there's a map then that pops up and you can actually zoom into the map and see where these are and then you can click through and get a little bit of detail that's that's a wonderful so, tool that's a wonderful tool really so it's good for for community for infinity players to suddenly go oh there's a store like three miles from me or a club three miles from yeah. me that i didn't know about i must pop back uh pop down and see what it's all about mm -hmm. so yeah it's kicking off next week um watch out on 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 tabletop for a link i haven't publicized it yet because it's not ready it's not live, um, but it will be going live on Monday. Some sod will probably work out the link based on <laughs> previous campaigns oh, and, try to, and try to get in early. But you're not. We're not going to let you in until we're ready. Uh, <laughs> so just come on over to On Tabletop on Monday and watch out for a post that will then let you know when it's gone live. And we'll put that out through Facebook and Twitter, etc. as well. Carlos, it's been amazing to have you on the show. Oh, just before we just before we go off this. The campaigns usually have an effect on the fluff. Is that the case this year as well, Carl? Oh yes, I always have. Always have. In oh, fact, wow. part of part of the of the of the work from the workhorse and myself is to really take note of everything that happens in order to build a narrative inside the Infinity wow. Fluff later. I just communicate this the best way I can to the official lore writer, which is Gutierrez, which is so high above on the, on the chain of command <laughs> but uh, so part of the of the job here is to to assimilate and digest the amount of information that happens in one of these campaigns because people really make incredible stuff and, and it's uh, at the end you have to to simplify everything that has happened into a few um, uh, thick brass strokes of of what was the overall behavior of this faction this faction this faction because it's not just winning by massive amount of players reporting battles. The behavior and the style, the percentage of efficiency, the you know, Ariadna was absolutely crazy the last time they played. They 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 didn't defend their location and focus on attacking other locations, stuff like that. So it's really fun and and it's really a, a shared moment with the community. So it's one of the moments where community and, and game developers and Corvus Belli it really interact more than, than usual. Very cool. Very cool. So there you go. If you want to get in and actually try and help shape where Infinity is going, this is this is it. Jump in and do this. You know, how long is the campaign running for, Carlos? It's going to begin on July 11th, next Monday, as you said. It's going to finish on uh, July the 25th. And during the campaign, uh, we're going to release the trailer for the new operation uh, Black Wind Box, which oh, is yeah, the, yeah. the next Gen Con thing that is going to happen. And as soon as the campaign ends, the next Infinity 
blast of content for GenCon will happen. So it's going July is going to be super exciting for Infinity fans because they will That's be nice. engaged back into playing, probably using the new Morat box that, that, that was the, the Adepticon thing, and people is just waiting for for you know embrace the, the monkey. Uh, <laughs> and then play the campaign back into Infinity, enjoying Infinity again, and when, oh. when the campaign is over, boom, the uh, Black Wing Week with the Operation Blackwing and the other products that make the bundle. And then Gen Con happens. And what happens at Gen Con? We usually have another blast of content because it's the Gen Con seminar. And we will probably also show the, the Warcraft uh, demo set, Warcraft Adventures, the demo set happening also. So lots of contents from Corvus Belli are waiting to happen. And it's going to be campaign, Gen Con, Super Seminar, Workout <laughs> happening also, new releases for the rest of the year. So it's, it's kind of a super big blast of content, really. Wow. And to think I nearly ended this segment five oh, minutes ago. Before we heard all this juicy stuff. <laughs> so this is a good start to the show. We've got the campaign. We've heard all the infinity juicy stuff. We've got that big Warband prize. Okay. You know, oh, you know, we're we're getting there. We're getting there. But it's Carlos, it's been great to have you on the show. I'm gonna push this on because it's time for the news. Coming to you from the center of northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that shit you love. It's the news. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and we're back for some tabletop gaming news. Uh, we're getting things started with the folks from Promlek because they couldn't hold off until October. They couldn't wait. And so they have been putting together a huge range of new miniatures for you to use with your Orcish hordes in your Grim Dark Future games, nice. which is kind of good for the competition prize that we're giving away this week as well, which is pretty cool. But yes, uh, we have the new Orc Wild Tribes who are coming to Promlek's web store this week, which is pretty cool. Um, they are led by the war chief on the back of their cyborg as you can see there um this kind of sort of fits in with the aesthetic of the beast snagger boys that yeah. everybody saw for uh one before thousand yeah. last year or the year before which is pretty cool cyborg i love that <laughs> oh dear <laughs> That's good, yeah. Uh, but yeah so these are all big chunky resin miniatures as you might have imagined from the folks at cromlech i think there's loads of detail worked into these i think of of all of the stuff that cromlech do i think they're orcs they've like got They've got things nailed down with their orc aesthetic now, I think. Uh, and they I'm still not over the god stomper. I'm still not over it, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very cool model. It's very cool. Uh, but yeah, I think they've managed to like nail all the detail in them as well. And they've got like a really nice sense of proportion and everything with them too, which is quite nice as well. Um uh sort of you've got your two leader characters there. So you've got your war chief on the cyborg, and then you've got the wild tribes boss on foot. Um, but then you also each with them with like power claws and stuff as well, which is very nice as they've got a good little loadout of different weapons. But then you've also got the wild tribe squad as well. So this is a set of uh, resin miniatures. That are uh, have been put together with a bunch of melee weapons and uh, range weapons like pistols and all that kind of thing as well for you to use mm. in your game, which is pretty cool. Um, but if you don't want to buy this set as it stands, you can actually buy all of the uh, bits individually if you want. So you can buy the heads, That's great. Uh, the arms, the weapons, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff as well, which is kind of cool. Go on here. <laughs> I like the one with the fringe on the left. He's my favourite. That's, that's almost yeah, shy. Yeah. It's almost shy if you took his hat off. Oh, oh that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's where? Cool. Where is he? Bottom left. The fringe. Is that a oh, fringe? No, I think that's, I think that's, that's a, a bandage. bandage. 
It looked better with a fringe. It's it a bandage. It's not bangs. It could also be <laughs> Michael Farrakhan's hair. That's the other thing. But yeah, it could be. <laughs> the guy at the top's got a ponytail. He does. He's got a lovely, lovely top knot ponytail going on, which is really nice. But then again, that's one of the nice things about what uh, the folks at Cromlet do. They've got loads of little details worked into all their different models. And that that's kind of just a patent pending lifting device. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. That's Lift true. your minis. Yeah, yeah. Lift that out. Move that around. Yeah, very cool. Uh, but yeah. bigger. Um, so if you have a bunch of orc bits and pieces lying around, which most orc collectors normally do, <laughs> you could probably just use these and then just stick bits and pieces on from your normal 40k kits or, and that kind of things. So. Or you could just buy the bodies like this and draw faces on those stumpy bits. Oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. that'd be hilarious. Little happy faces. Be like the guy from Men in Black when he like blows his head off and then the little tiny head comes out. It'll be like that. There you go. So yeah, fantastic. Oh my god, everyone needs to do that now. That's or just stick really tiny grot heads on massive orc <laughs> bodies. That could be kind of fun as well. It looked like that bit of a getting a Beetlejuice, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, I'm, just, uh, I'm just doing Ben's head there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, some really cool bits and pieces in there if you want to um, have fun with orcs and all that kind of stuff as well. I should say they've got the, the pistols and the close combat weapons in there um, for your kind of combat squads, but they've also got the grenade launchers as well. So if you want to have a little bit of a sort of additional bonus set of ranged weapons in there, you can play around with that at the same time. And yeah, who doesn't want a grenade launcher? Well, yeah, that's awesome. Their enemies. So yeah, very uh, cool stuff. I, if, we, if there's any more of it, I'll have an orc chasm, so I can't can't <laughs> can't continue any more with any of this. Too nice, too it's nice. Yeah. That was too good. It's too good. Oh, so where are you taking us next free I think we've got some board gamey stuff we have it's just a, bit, a quick bit of news for me I couldn't ignore the fact that one of the most popular board games out at the moment see, that seems to be flying off the shelves everywhere is getting a new expansion so Wingspan it combines the love of board games and bird watching didn't know if that was I know God uh, I love this game <laughs> this, is, this is Bill Oddie's favourite board game I know I know it is Bill Oddie it is Bill Oddie to take so he's beginner friendly board game and you send players off into Europe and Oceana at the minute and Lauren Walburns after the corset. And now Stonemaier have announced that they're going to be taking players to a new location and they're going to be heading off to Asia for a fresh roster of bird life. So we haven't been provided, we've been provided a bit of a vague date. So it says that something's happening in quarter four of this year, whether that's the pre-order date, whether that's a release date, whether that's a date for more information. We're yet to know, but they've given a little sneak peek into what kind of birds we'll be seeing. And as Lloyd just showed with the Indian payfowl that's on the list first, it seems to be quite a nice card. It lets all players draw two oh. from the deck and oh. an additional one for the drawing. It's like everyone takes a bonus draw action, which could be a really yeah, yeah. nice one to hoard for like nearer the end of the game um, mm-hmm. as like a nice payload card. So they're set to announce one bird a month via the Ease newsletter if you do want to find oh, out. Fair enough, okay. So considering this is going to be similar to the other two releases, the expansion, we could be looking at getting a whole host of new bird food types. These all look pretty good. The art's really nice. Oh, it's gorgeous. I'm not sure about the chimney swift, though. It looks like a turd with wings. It's the, um, it's, uh, what is it? The eggs, get me. It's the eggs that are beautiful. The (laughs) particular components uh, are gorgeous. And I really hope we'll get some new Adorable. Oh, these actually, oh, this isn't stuff that someone's collected. Oh, this is actually what comes in the those game. Those are the components right, you get in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're adorable. So, yeah. along, alongside the be careful, uh, announcement, though. like you could have some kid eating those, thinking those are your bloody candy yes. eggs. Little mini eggs. Yeah. <laughs> 
They do look a bit mini uh, So alongside, as uh, Lloyd's showing there, alongside the expansion, there was news of a nesting box. That's going to be paired alongside the this? printing. Yeah, this is your nesting box. The whole thing that you've got on screen, that's your whole nesting box. So yeah. it's an organisation and storage box for all things Wingspan. So you get the content and cards. And if you wanted to get in on the organisation earlier, um, if you get the first print run of this, you will get the Asia expansion inside it. So oh, this cool. is set okay. to put everything Wingspan that exists. This is the expansion to the core game. And they've even said that there's going to be enough room for future expansions that haven't even been designed yet. So there's 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 enough space to keep everything in one I, place for Wingspan. I, I, I have the, the core Wingspan game and the first expansion for Europe. And yeah, that so just me, about fits Let in me the just ask then. So the core game doesn't look like this. No, no. So the, this is the, the organisation box. Yeah. So all, all these little, all these little eggs, which look cracking, by the way. Well, they, they, are, they are in the core box as well. But, oh, they're in know. the core box. So yeah, right. you've got some eggs in the core box, and you'll get new eggs throughout yeah. the expansions as well, depending on what birds and different. What about this caviar stuff here? Different. So I think food. I think those are <laughs> I think those are updated tokens someone's used in place of the food tokens because normally the yeah. food tokens are little tiny cardboard chips. Um, so someone's either basically upgraded those, um, but everything else in there looks pretty cool. So yeah, it's yeah, really nice. Yeah, it's really cool. It's it, it's a really interesting space, but Wingspan just expanding even more. There's loads of places to go. It makes me wonder what birds they're going to bring out. You've got Hornbill, Indian Vulture, got Mandarin Duck. Ah, it's always nice to spot a new bird out in the wild play, play, when yeah. I play Wingspan. And it, it's going to be really cool, feeling like yeah. I'm heading to a different point of the world. Yeah, this game sounds like an absolute lark. Oh, oh. oh god I've, I've missed this I've really missed it <laughs> uh, the other thing to note about that as well we were showing off that last image that is the, the you can play uh, Wingspan digitally on Steam and on Switch at the moment yes. so if you want to play the game but you don't want to pick up the actual physical version of it you can play it online oh, and have fun with it as well this is the digital version is it that's the digital version yeah, indeed. Yeah. So. yeah but all of the artworks by the same uh, yeah. I'm going to make sure to tell Beth Sobel who did all the art Best or some, at least most of it that uh, you you described her bird as a as a turd with wings look at it look <laughs> look at the shape oh dear all the rest of them are amazing but come on look at the right. shape Wow. It's a chimney sweep. It could be a euphemism for something in future. Just going for a quick <laughs> chimney snip. <laughs> oh dear, we should probably move on. Um, so yes, uh, as we're sticking with board games, uh, we yes. have another one that was announced that's going to be coming uh, later this year, actually, uh, probably around Spiel time, which would be very cool and very exciting. Uh, but we have Heat Pedal to the Metal, which comes from the folks at uh, Days of Wonder. So in this game, you're going to be playing as 1960s race drivers uh, as you power around uh, four different tracks around the world trying to win. Uh, the game is going to be one of hand management. Um, so if you're a fan of the likes of Ticket to Ride and that kind of stuff, you're looking in the same kind of ballpark when it comes to mechanics, where you're going to be building up a hand of cards and they're going to be used for you to sort of increase your speed, take your corners, do your handling checks and all that kind of stuff, um, which is really, really cool. Um, the other thing that's really nice about this game is that you can play it in one-off just races if you want, which is fantastic. Uh, so you can just sit down for a night and just play a one-off race. Or you can put together 
uh, a tournament sort of campaign season of driving if you Ooh, want to and play each of the different maps in turn and between those use your sort of experience points to build your car up and change it and tweak it so you can make it faster you can make it so that it handles corners better and all that kind of stuff which i think is really nice um this looks really really good fun they put some other bits and pieces in there to kind of like spice things up so as well as the aforementioned sort of upgrades to your car that you can do they're also going to be putting in ways the well, sort of weather and sort of that kind of effects that'll change the track. So you might be racing in the wet, you might be racing in the dry, you might be changing all sorts of different things with the surface and all that kind of stuff too, which is really nice. Um, and again, just looks like a really fun little game to dive into uh, if you want to sort of approach racing games in a different way. Uh, I know a lot of people will be very familiar with Formula D, which is one of the big racing games that everyone's played in the past. Um, I think the thing that's, that's quite nice about that game is that it's kind of very chill in a way and you basically just roll the dice and just see what happens really and smash into people and have fun and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I think this one's got a little bit more of a tactical edge to it with the kind of hand management system so you're not relying on the, the roll of a random dice. You're actually using your cards in order to dictate <laughs> how fast and how slow you go which I think is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, uh, this one looks really fun and I can't wait to give it a go. Um, Days of Wonder have done some really good stuff in the past I think this one's going to be right up there with everything else. So, yeah, very nice. I do like the look of it a lot, actually. Yeah. I'd be sitting there, though, and it'd be like playing a game, and then people would be like, there's a load of cats in there or something, because just be meow, meow, <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> they, clear, they need to upgrade the aesthetics now to have cats driving the cars. The cat like, expansion. Cat edition. It's totally meow. <laughs> oh, dear. It really does put a no name to the word hate, doesn't it? Oh, yes. There we go. Oh, God. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Uh, we're moving away from board games and looking at a role playing game now. And this one's a little bit uh, different from the kind of games that you probably played before as well. Yeah. It is. So, what do you think about playing a role ca- playing game in complete silence? How do you think about that? Are you Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. How about what you, Lloyd? What's the point? Right, okay, I'll get into it. Because about to tell you. The whole point of a role-playing game is it not to have, like, a natter with your mates? Well, I will get to it. So, a silent role-playing game titled Alice is Missing was over on Kickstarter in 2020, and it's now being released via Renegade uh, Renegade Games as a worldwide publisher. So, why would you need to be in complete silence? Three to five players are going to be engaging in a story that will find their friend or family member, Alice. And she has gone missing. She's a schoolgirl, and those closest to her are trying their utmost everything to locate her and find her whereabouts disappearance. But the fact that the characters are almost likely in their teens and close to Alice as well, they've got their own lives, they've got their own parents to return to, and that's not going to stop them from poking into Alice's disappearance. So you will be communicating via group chat or in text. So players are going to be banding <laughs> together to find wait, wait, But do you mean Alice. physically? Do you actually text each other? Yeah, yeah, you use WhatsApp or text. You use WhatsApp and yeah. in a group message. So you render everybody in complete silence. So in silence. So text is going to be written as if you are the character. And each individual person playing is going to be personally connected to Alice to drive the improvisation of it all. So it's going to play across two to three hours in total as one session. And there are minimal mechanics you're going to be looking at different cards to chug the game along so you're going to have different locations suspects characters uh, motivations different clue cards and a search deck to sift through 
and if you do want to get involved as well they've got hunters entertainment have got more additions on the website with a load of free resources they've got a game guide character sheets missing posters and download oh, cards so what I love about these downloadable cards is it enables you to play remote. So you don't have to sit awkwardly around the table with your mouth shut. You can be out <laughs> wherever you need to um, and download the cards and still converse via text. It's a, it's no... a good point, actually, that I because uh, I first visualized a lot of people sitting around yeah, the table exactly. texting each other, but you don't actually need to be there. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you can download the cards, you can play that. In all honesty, I, I don't know if I trust the people I play my RPG to not just get off the text and start going on Facebook or something. I think if it was remote, <laughs> I would need to monitor that everyone's doing. But if you can trust your team to be separated, because it is, as you said, it's supposed to be played remotely, uh, your characters anyway. So there's Yeah, no you can't trust you anybody. Can't. You can't trust anybody See? remotely. Anytime I'm playing on Xbox or something, I'll hear clickety-clack stuff going on. I'm like, what do you do? I'm just looking up how to solve this on YouTube. Oh, for goodness sakes. What's the point of playing the game? (laughs) But as well as that, you can add in a soundtrack as well that Hunters of Entertainment have done uh, on YouTube and that comes with a countdown clock as well to keep you organised within the game. Shortly Mm. after, as well, it was announced that this particular tabletop RPG is going to be going to Hollywood. As well. So Paramount has joined up with the game designer, which spent to start, and big screenwriter Becca Gleason to bring this baby to the big screen. So I can't imagine it's going to be in silence, though. I can't imagine the movie is going to be a silent film where people look for Alice. But it is really cool <laughs> to see that we're getting a more transitions over to big screen titles and something especially from something an indie unique. rpg as well yes yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. very much so so it's really cool bit of news um i'd be interested i know that quite a lot of people in the community have played this particular title and said that they have really good experience of it i would love to know if you have played what you think uh, if it works does it work everybody sitting in silence to people distracted i i really like the idea of doing a role-playing game where you don't have to all be sat around the same table yes. but you're sort of playing a little bit like you know how people used to play like male chess where they would do the move and then send their move to their friend across the world or something. <laughs> Doing that, but like, so you're effectively you do, having... You do know people still do that. Oh, it they ha- probably do, yeah. It yeah, hasn't yeah. stopped. Oh, it hasn't, yeah. It hasn't gone away, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So like, I love, the, I love the idea of you just doing your normal things during your day and then for like five or ten minutes, you're like, oh, now I'm in role-play mode and you go oh, into yeah. your WhatsApp chat and do a little bit of the game and then you carry on with the day. Yeah, That's but wouldn't really cool it would also be very irritating because you'd be getting random texts from people all day long. <laughs> Can you imagine getting a text when you're at work and somebody saying, I think Alice has been killed and you look at your phone, it's all right, it's made up, it's not really. <laughs> I'm just role-playing. <laughs> Playing. No one's yeah. gone missing. I'm Thank stuck you. in a well. Can you come and save me? Uh, Lloyd, there's a text. I really think you should read it. <laughs> it does sound like a lot of fun. And I'd be really interested to see if you could trust those around the table yeah, to see yeah. silence. That's another one comes in. My parents are twats. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, is this part of the role playing game or is this real text message? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Cool. Is this yeah. Brilliant. But where are we off to next, Ben, anyway? Uh, so we're going to be looking a little bit of historical wargaming. Uh, this is actually an interesting one from Daniel Mersey, who a lot of people will know as a fantastic rules writer, and also Eric Wood, uh, who have teamed up with the um, well, the University of Edinburgh and their game creation course and their little tiny cabal of writers over there to do a little bit of a supplement uh, for the men who would be kings. 
Now, a lot of people will know The Many Would Be Kings as a game that um, Jerry is very, very um, hot on. He uses it as the kind of basis for his big Zulu games and all that kind of stuff with a little bit of tweaking here and there. Uh, but a little bit of a Japanese samurai twist. This one's specifically for you, Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Uh, the folks over at the University of Edinburgh are actually going to be working on this uh, last Samurai Rebellion supplement. This would this would be the sort of the time period of the last Samurai, exactly, uh, Tom yes. Cruise movie, yeah. isn't it? The Tom the Tom Cruise movie, yeah. So, uh, although with a little bit more historical accuracy, I would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so this is going to be their take on that period. Um, so much like what they've done before with previous um, games, uh, like Viking in the Sun, for example, which was a take on uh, Lion Ram but more focused around Harold Hardrada and his adventures in the Middle East and all that kind of thing. This is going to focus everything in on the last Samurai Rebellion and that that period and allow you to play out very specific scenarios and as the different armies that would have been there during the time. So you obviously have the Imperial Japanese and then you have those following the Samurai. And it's all about that kind of clash between the two and those last days of the Emperor and all that kind of thing, which I think is really nice. Um, the game's been being tested and all that kind of stuff at different events throughout the last... What do you mean? They still have an emperor in Japan. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there's obviously the... He hasn't gone away, you know. Again, just like all (laughs) the... But obviously they had the European-influenced Japanese forces there during the period and all that kind of thing that were fighting against the more traditional samurai and all that kind of stuff. Uh, So you've got that thing playing out. The other thing that's quite nice about this, um, and it's something that um, the Many Would Be Kings was very hot on uh, initially with that sort of core rule set, is that it's very much kind of focusing on the idea of telling a historical story but also allowing for the kind of more Hollywoody action stuff. So if you wanted to play a very strict historical game, you could do. If you or, wanted to play something that had a little bit of last sound. I want to go full it, Tom Cruise on this. Yeah. You could do leaping on top of the sofa, jumping up and down, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Not 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 interviews, Tom Cruise. Oh, action okay, Tom Cruise. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you just you need to stall for your table. You need yeah. to stall for your table and that's it. Just yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think this one sounds really good. Uh, and it was really nice to see that same collective coming back together again to work on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's the History and Games Labs Productions sort of cabal, their little tiny community within the University of Edinburgh who's been working on these and doing some really nice stuff. As I said, they did Viking in the Sun, which was really cool and went down very nicely. Uh, this one's going to be available through um, North Star uh, as well. So if you know North Star military figures, You'll be, able, you'll be able to pick up this actual published set of rules from them as well, which is quite nice. And it's just good to see Daniel Mersey doing more stuff with um, a bunch of budding uh, rules writers and game designers and everything like that as well, which is really cool. So uh, I'm eager to see how this one plays. And I'm sure that Jerry will probably be picking up picking it up as he often does. So, yeah. <laughs> Where historians meet gamers and game designers. Yeah. Mm. Do you have to be a university student or what? What's I have no idea. <laughs> what, what is what is the crack? Yeah. Well, if there is I a know that they have a course. Find out more. Look at that. Find out more. Yeah. So if you want to know more, go there to go. History and Games. Dot a lot of stuff yeah. slash about. <laughs> I, 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 very well done, there, look. I was going to say, answers, if you're interested in this kind of stuff, then you'll remember that. Well, you might remember that Crooked Dice actually worked with the University of Edinburgh to do a bunch of their spin-offs to Seven TV. So they have a bunch of their people who've worked on things like pulp and fantasy and that kind of stuff for Seven TV and all that kind of stuff, which is really nice. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun to see them back doing some more interesting things and hopefully people will check this out and give it a look. And it'll be a nice step up for a lot of people who are writing rules and having fun with that kind of thing. Right, Joe. Not only do we have a 40K prize then this week, we've got some 40K news. 
we do and it's mainly focused on me <laughs> because everyone will know that we talked a little bit about the squats and yep. the uh the leagues of votan so your new sci-fi dwarf to warmer 40,000. well we got another preview of some more of their sort of heavy hitters uh within the leagues of votan armies this week so our new focus was on the einjar hearthguard getting in all those viking um tongue twisters for everybody who are your elite troops that are going to be kicking ass and taking names on the battlefield uh so they are heavily armored as you can imagine uh and they are the sort of guardians of the vaults and the holds that will look after all this the strange ai that is being worked on in the shadows behind closed doors by the leagues of votan uh they can these be armed- guys these guys look very starcraft they do look, they are very StarCraft Marines. If you had the little dome helmets that yeah. flipped over and then one of them said about time, you would think that it, you, you're basically thinking, oh, look, it's Rainer. There we go. <laughs> uh, but obviously, they're a little bit more diminutive than a StarCraft Marine. But yes, I get exactly. If you painted them blue, they would they just look like that. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, so these guys, could, all of them are armed with Volkite um, disintegrators, which are kind of ancient weapons from the past of Warhammer and the, the Horus Heresy, which is really cool, that they have obviously carried through and used throughout the 41st millennium. And they then have weapons like those pretty badass power hammers. Uh, and you've also got plasma blades and concussion gauntlets as well. So it's kind of like a different take on a power fist, which is pretty cool. Um, this is the total Batman shot right here, right up is, the crack. Is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised there's not any nipple armor on the front. <laughs> no, that's the next oh, let's step. just check that. No, there's no nipple. No, well, no, 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 nipple no, no nipples. Yeah. Um, I'm really hoping that they're going to do full helmeted heads for these guys as well, because I kind of like them, but I think they'd look even better with the proper helmets on. I think Was that the little ball one? The little just round, perfectly round helmets? I'd love those. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to have some of the iron kit in there. That'd be really cool. Yeah. 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 But maybe they looked at it and went, nah, two Starcraft take the domes off. Maybe. That's true. Yeah. 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 Um, but um, the, I, I am totally on board with the leagues of Votan. I was thinking about doing a Chaos Army, but now I think I'm going to do these because you know it's dwarves in space. Why would you not? Yeah, you uh, can't not. I'm thinking, I'm thinking because you don't often see this. I'm thinking of painting them with orange armor and then blue as they're kind of like the in place of the black on the model, sort of like a dark blue. So it kind of goes with that sort of opposites on the color wheel thing. And then paint all the weapons with kind of like a glittering blue rather than the sort of red plasma that you see there. So that's possibly my scheme I'm going to go for with these. I think it's quite interesting because you don't often see orange on the tabletop. Uh, but that did also make me think, I see Lloyd's face of disgust as well, that kind of, that idea of a college choice. <laughs> but I, I, this did also make me think of Mantic's range because right. I was when, when, this, when this set of models first came out, everyone was like, hold on a second, who's been releasing new Mantic models? <laughs> and I looked over on their web store and there is actually the Hammerfist drop team, which is effectively these guys. I mean, obviously the things are a little bit different and they've got a little bit more curves and that kind of stuff. But it seems like, you know, History's going in a weird way now. We had Mantic splitting away from Games Workshop and making Space Tours to kind of fill in a gap. And now Games Workshop are bringing back Space Tours and taking all the ideas from Mantic and stuff. So, yeah, interesting one. They are quite similar, aren't they? They are very similar. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see what they're like in comparison to the Primer, Primaris, Prime, Primaris Marines like well, in height-wise. They had a preview, I think it was last week, of a League of Votan squat i'm just gonna call them squats yeah. next like a normal one not one of these heavily armored guys a normal one next to a primaris marine and they came up to about the elbow of a primaris how do i find that uh, if you go into warhammercommunity.com lloyd 
and then you look at back through their their things, I can probably guide you through their site. Uh, but they they look diminutive to a primaris, but then right. that means they're probably going to be quite freaking tall next to a normal human, which is a bit weird. Um, because Imperial Guardsmen obviously don't come that high up <laughs> to a to a primaris space marine. So you're gonna have these massive, huge squat guys. So scroll down, Lloyd. Keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. Oh, oh. No, no, no. Click view more news. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Load more. Keep going. Keep going. This is Tally. Oh, ah, there we go. Law of the Votan, the anatomy of the kin. Click on that. And now scroll down, scroll down, and boom, there's your size oh. comparison. So that's a normal yeah. squat next to a primary space marine. So they say they measure about four foot. I wonder what they look like compared to a regular marine then. I would. I, I am very interested to see how they look to against normal marines and also imperial guardsmen because that's going to be the, kill, the the telling thing. So, but yeah, in the artwork, obviously they are smaller than humans, but that doesn't necessarily translate over into the models. Um, but I, I'm totally sold on these guys. I think I'm, it's going to be really fun diving in and having fun with the the uh, leagues of Votan. I think so. Yeah. What's this other link? Uh, so the other thing we've got in here is that this weekend, pardon me. I'm so excited. Uh, we have a new Warhammer preview coming up. So this Warhammer preview is going to is sort of labelled, subtitled, uh, Summer Skirmish, and it's going to be about all of their skirmish games. So they're going to be talking Kill Team, Warcry, Warhammer Underworlds, Blood Bowl, and Necromunda. Now, obviously, Kill Team has been going through a whole bunch of different changes oh, over the last... they've changed the Warcry logo. They yeah. have. This is the interesting thing. So Kill Team's obviously been sort of pumped up and everyone's been playing it for ages and having fun with it. Warcry, it was announced that they were going to be doing some kind of new change, new addition-y type thing to it, but nothing really happened since the, uh, the initial previews earlier in the year. So this is going to be our first look at where they're going with Warcry. Uh, Warhammer Underworld is getting a new set, probably, as that's the way it goes. I would assume we're going to see a whole bunch of new teams for Blood Bowl. And then, of course, Necromunda has had the Ash Wastes, and it's been teased that we're going to be seeing some new vehicles and all that kind of stuff nice. for that. The other interesting thing was that last week they put out a little tiny teaser that was basically nothing of a video of a camera zooming in on a Space Hulk door. They love their, space... their slow they zoom. Do, yeah. And the other interesting thing was the model they showed off against it was a little tiny drone with an inquisitorial symbol on the side of it. And so Lloyd is demonstrating that in full oh. effect. It's really dramatic. I was quite it is very dramatic. On oh, God, I don't know what to do now. Oh, it's no. very tame. Oh. Especially with a smile, not cracking. I mean, I'm... Oh. But anyway, um, so yeah. everyone's been thinking, this is either going to go one of two ways. We're either going to see Space Hulk redone in a Kill Team format. Ooh. That will have Space Hulk, but it's the rules for Kill Team. Or we're going to see an entirely new Space Hulk game re-announced, and that brought back to the tabletop. The other thing that's important is that little tiny drone. So everyone's been trying to work out what's going to be in the new Kill Team set if it's separate. Well. What tiny drone? Go back to whatheavycommunity.com, Lloyd. <laughs> and have a scroll back through their website and I'll tell you. But I'm going to keep talking as we go. So oh, oh. scroll down. Scroll down. Oh, oh, i got to go further than Kill anywhere. Team. Kill Team enters the void. No, no, it was above. There we go. Click right, on okay. Kill Team enters the void. Boom. So if you scroll down a little bit, there you'll see the little tiny drones. That drone has an inquisitorial symbol on it. You see the little rosette on the side? Ah, yeah. So everyone, initially everyone was thinking, oh, this is going to be squats versus tyranids inside a space hulk that would have been the thing but then obviously we saw this drone 
And this matches up to the new Karskin models that we saw for the Imperial Guard very recently. So everyone's thinking that the clash is going to be between Imperial Guardsmen, led by an Inquisitor, hence the, the sigil, going up against Tyranids, maybe Gene Stealers or Lictors, within the bowels of a Space Hawk, which would be kind of interesting. So, yeah, there's lots of interesting stuff coming up this weekend. I'm sure we'll know all about it uh, by about 2 o'clock on, uh, well, 3 o'clock will be the end of the stream, of course, on Sunday, uh, and then we'll have some stuff in the news on Monday all about it. So, yeah, be interested to see where it goes. I'd love to hear what people think is going to happen. And do you like squats? Or also, do you think orange and dark blue-black is a good color scheme? <laughs> Please say yes, because I've already bought the paints. So. <laughs> it's going to be striking. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be like that book behind you, orange. Yeah, blue. exactly. Yeah, and I, I, I love that. I think it's cool. Yeah, and, and, on to the, and on to the final bit of news about the crow. Still haven't got any. Oh. No crow news. No, no, oh, no, no, no crow. No crow. No, no. Never. It's never going to happen. Maybe, maybe there'll be, you know, an kill team in the future, Lloyd. You never know. So. Yeah, exactly. Don't even have a bloody. No, ne never mind. We're done with the news. We're done. <laughs> We're moving on. We got some. Now. 3D stuff to talk about back in a sec. Right, peeps. So 3D printing is the bee's knees. It's the bee's knees this way. It's the bee's knees. It is the bee's knees. Not the shears wires. No. <laughs> the bee's knees. No, I did, I did hear a rumour that it was the shears, though. <laughs> 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 well, uh, we're going to be taking a trip back to my mini factory uh, this time around for 3D printing. Is the shears, the bee's knees, sorry, the bee's knees. And um, we're going to be looking at Flesh of Gods, because I think that's how you probably meant to say it. Um, so they have put together a fantastic collection of little tiny bits and pieces for you to print off at home, for you to use in your D&D games and beyond. As is the way with all of these, they have a tribes and they have their normal store set up as well. So you could go and have a look at that. And they collect it into different bundles every month that will offer up a variety of different things for you to print off at home. So one of the nice things about this, before we dive in and have a look at the models, but obviously scroll through and, and pick out lots of things you like, Lloyd, uh, is that they have tried to do this so that it focuses in on almost telling a little bit of a story at the same time as just creative models. Um, so what they do is every time they bring out a new set, there's actually an additional Ooh. story linked into it at the same time. Oh. So you get a story with it and also stat blocks for D&D and all that kind of stuff as well. So when you dive in and play, uh, play with these miniatures, you know that you can sort of use them within your adventures and tell a story at the same time, which I think is really nice. So a lot, a lot of their stuff is focused on things like horror and all that kind of thing, so mysteries and stuff as well. Um, so when you dive in, you can tell very interesting tales and all that kind of things. Here you've obviously got like a oh. massive badass vampire lord for God's Hound on a really cool steed, very sort of Elden Ring. Um, I love the cape, the face in the cape, the little faces. The more you do, the more uh, you see things. That's really nice bit of detail. Yeah, that's yeah. lovely. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's a whole bunch of really cool stuff in there that people can play around with and have fun with. What's actually quite nice as well is that. I like that kind of holistic approach to stuff. So they have the monsters, they have the heroes, they have the scenery. Uh, that it all comes together to create a really nice, as I say, holistic approach to, to, to bringing things to the tabletop. So you're not printing things off just for the sake of using them. You're printing them off the, so that the miniatures can be used on the terrain and then they, the terrain can be used as part of the adventure. So it all works really nicely together, which I think is really cool. Any bundles um, in particular you'd like to look at then? Uh, Hallowed Be Thy Evil is pretty good. And also The Hunter's Hunt is pretty nice. If you want to look at those two. So it's the, that one and then the one. The one in dead centre. 
Um, so this is if you're looking to pick up a whole bunch of really awesome monsters to fight off against. Um, so you've got your heroes, so as you might have imagined, which is kind of nice, uh, which is really cool. Um, very much going for that, as, as you might have guessed by the name, Monster Hunter vibe. Um, mm. So if you, like, if you like the idea of killing animals, taking their bits and turning them into weapons, uh, then that's kind of the, the vibe you get with these ones, which I think is quite it's nice. Very Witcher looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got some really nice witchery vibes to it as well, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Which again, fits with the idea of hunting down bounties and killing it's things and stuff, which is nice. Quite Warcrafty, that one as well. <laughs> yes, very, yeah. The other thing that's quite nice about it is that it kind of, they, they they do sort of your humans and, and elves and stuff, but then they also throw some bits and pieces in there for kind of alternative sort of races, factions, lineages. So you have the orcs and stuff as well, which is quite nice. But then you've got things like classic D&D beasts in here. So you've got the purple worm, as you see there. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a euphemism. <laughs> got... Gonzo edition. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> with, the big, with the big snout. You've also got like a Tarrasque-esque creature in, the, in there as well. Oh, looking at this, do you know what I did? Do you know what I did? This what? week, oh. I, I showed the Mrs. Tremors for the first time. She'd never oh, seen okay. the Tremors. Right. So we had a great time watching Tremors. Yeah. Okay. Flipping. And I was like, Sandra, no, this is like, this is staple TV. How have you got to this age and never seen this? I've never seen Tremors. This is probably the most shown movie ever on TV. Yeah. Flipping <laughs> Tremors. Yeah. It's always on Christmas time. Weird. Always, always. Yeah. Puts me in the mood. Tremors a Christmas. Tremors is a Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, looks really cool. Again, this is tied into the idea of the winter hunt, which looks very nice. So you could have that bursting out of like an ice cavern or something, which I think is quite cool. Uh, but yeah, the other thing that's nice about those is that they do the busts as well. So you've got the option. If you're just a painting enthusiast and you don't really care too much about the, the models to use on the table, you could just paint these up and have fun with them. Or... You have your hero model, which you use on the on the battle map, and then in front of you, you have your little tiny uh, bust of your character, so that you're like ah, at a glance, someone can be like, "Ah, oh, cool, you're that hero. You're you're playing on the tabletop." I think it's quite nice. Um, Who's got time to paint two things? Uh, John. Yeah. John. John has. John's got time to paint two things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, John. There we go. Yeah. Oh, that's odd, isn't it? I love That's that. That's really yeah. nice. Yeah. It's almost like a, if anyone knows, obviously it's got like the Cyclopean thing going on, but I always thought of it, it looks a little bit like a Nothic to me, if anyone's played D&D in those Nothics. very yeah, gentle so. looking. He is, yes. Yeah. yeah. Really not a menacing. Who has disturbed me? Yeah. I know. Yeah. Please don't poke me in the eye. <laughs> I really like these faces in different places. You've got another one there in the smoke. Yeah. It's just nice little details added everywhere. It's a cool thing. It's a cool thing to do with the with the sculpt as well. Oh, to be like, I, I didn't, I didn't expect him to be short. <laughs> He's like maybe Yoda's godfather or something. It's adorable. <laughs> That's why I was getting the Nothic vibes because they're kind of like small, almost goblin-sized creatures. Yeah, he's like a, a Cyclops Yoda, so a soda. <laughs> I can imagine him on somebody else's shoulders underneath that dress. You know the way it kind of sticks out a little. It does. It looks like it's on someone. There's show. a smaller one of me below here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you've got all these little tiny bits and pieces that can be used to kind of tell the story and build up the set dressing oh, nice. and all that kind of thing, which is always nice to see. Um, but yeah, it's a, a really nice collection. There's your sort of Duragar style warrior. Mm. The screaming cauldron with the cat by the side. That's a very muscular cat, I've got to say. Of course. That's a good Yeah. He's tanky. Ass. Yeah. <laughs> what sort of flipping rats is lifting. it? Huh? <laughs> he has. That cat has been lifting. Been fighting giant rats. Yeah. So. 
Well, it's quite, well, it's quite nice. But, uh, oh, all of these are, I should say, all of these are pre-supported, by the way. Uh, so when you get them, they've done they've done all the fiddly work in the background. So you basically just need to pick them off and, and, and go for it, which I think is quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's giving me kind of um, uh, arcane vibes. You can imagine mm-hmm. that as like a big powered magical fist or something, rather than it just being something steampunky. I can see that as being like a maybe like a Goliath or a human barbarian or fighter oh. that uses just their mechanical fist to do the kicking ass. That's really nice. I'd make that some kind of infection. It does. It's like slowly oh, taking yeah, over yeah. there, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Like a, almost like a mechanical infection. Yeah. Slowly taking over the body. Oh, mm-hmm. like a Borg style thing. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love that idea. I think they're good. Man. That's cool <laughs> I love that. Yeah. There's your crazy little gnome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Menacing smile and all. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I always like seeing models that have got two vials and glasses all over them. Because they're the kind of characters that you're like, I'm going to try and like aim a shot at them in D and D, and then blow them up because <laughs> they're covered in all the all the volatile mixture. I thought that was a um, uh, a shisha pipe he had in his hand. Then it's definitely uh, yeah. not a shisha pipe. Is <laughs> no, no. This, is, this is not the sucky end. No. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Although that that now is that now is it a very interesting sense. way of viewing it. Makes sense. <laughs> very nice. Yeah. The, the, oh. thing is, the thing that's quite nice about this as well is that even if you don't end up using all the miniatures for everything all the time, you're probably going to end up using all the terrain bits for stuff yeah. because the amount of dungeons or wizards' towers and all that kind of thing you're going to go into that will have things like these that's lying lovely. around. Oh, my God, it's a, a really, really hench Groot. That's gorgeous. <laughs> I'd have that as a statue. You know, a living statue, just oh, middle, yeah. a guardian. That's gorgeous. That's really nice. I love how the roots are coming out as if it was a tree. Just a statue in the middle of a forest, a living guardian that you'd be warned and eventually comes alive. Very cool stuff. What was the collection you actually wanted to look at? Uh, Hallowed Bite Be Thy Evil was one in the middle. Dead center. Yeah. Oh, so this was the Halloween one last year. Yeah. So again, more twisted grim dark stuff because nice. that's apparently what I really like. So mm-hmm. <laughs> very cool. you're, you're lingering a little bit too long there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> nice breastplate, that one. No, yeah. we're not, not interested in him. <laughs> so here's kind of like your fiends Ooh. and your demons and all that kind of thing. So if you wanted to play almost like a cursed character or something maybe in your role-playing games. I think this is a nice way to go. Or if you wanted a big sort of main evil character for your campaigns, maybe look at that and have to think about it. Very nice. Uh, and of course, you know, consult all the stuff they do with their kind of like their background stuff for D&D and, and the character stat blocks and that kind of thing as well. So, mm. But the, the thing is, quite, they, they do something similar to what Bestiarum do, <laughs> where they have, like that's, how I'd imagine maybe like a wizard or a cleric, but they do it with like a little bit of like a grim edge. So maybe they call it like a soul reaper or something (laughs) and use that as a cleric and things, which I think is really cool. Um, So yeah. That's a fantastic God icon there. Yeah. A really naturalistic druidic God. Uh, Even with leshen horns and everything. Leshen. Yeah, we have to have a (laughs) leshen. One week we need to be. (laughs) Gotta be a leshen. Very pretty. He's ripped as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, very cool. I love that's that. That's unique, isn't it? Yeah. This? Yeah. That's really unique. Mm. Front of a dungeon. We've got so many games coming out in the near future that are kind of dark, grim, 
skirmishy style games set in the idea of like heaven and hell and all that kind of thing. So having maybe that sort of hand-based arch mm. as the entrance, as you say, to a dungeon down in some kind of realm oh. or one of the different rings of hell or something would be really Feathers cool. for pubes. That's interesting. Yeah. That is new. That is very <laughs> interesting. Did he fashion it himself or did he have to purchase it? I guess they'd be called fubes, would they? Fubes, yeah. Fubes. That, just reminds, that just reminds me of those little tiny yogurt things. Fruits. You don't keep these ones in the freezer for a different dessert. <laughs> <laughs> completely different dessert inside that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this oh. one's awesome. I love that. I love the focus here. Mm-hmm. It's that's what's drawing me in. As awesome as all of the other armor is, very much it's that menacing smile. Yeah, but it's missing there. something. It's missing the fubes. That's what it is. It's missing the fubes. Yeah. You, you don't know what's underneath that. That's that, that that a point. That's yeah. a point. Pubic hair. <laughs> Screaming nice. trees. Everything yeah. you could ever want, really, for for making a really nasty, horrible tabletop of nightmares, basically. Which is really, really cool. Nice. And there's the one good guy. (laughs) It's got a lot of able to take on this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, big. It was was an interesting one that I kind of saw this and I I couldn't recall ever seeing it before, really. But actually, they've been around for at least a year now because they did their uh, their 2022 pack recently and all that kind of stuff as well. So they've definitely been tinkering away in the background for quite a while. Um, and having fun with it, which I think is really nice. What's and, uh, it, what, what's in their tribes then? Uh, so part. their tribes is their is effectively their kind of Patreon style thing. Right. So this is where every month you will get a new pack, and it will come with a whole bunch of stuff. So this July is the Whispers in the Wetlands, as you can see there on the uh, the uh, the left hand side, which will come nice. with a whole bunch of sort of swampy based characters for you to use in your games. I like that crocodile armor. Yeah, the hot, that's the great. Armor. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. It's a nice way of like representing like an orc, but then covered in that badass sort of um, uh, crocodile armor, as you say, and things. That's really nice. Because then you think about, wow, how big was that crocodile that they fought? But then you remember that obviously crocodiles were really massive back in the prehistoric period and stuff. So, so yeah, always love seeing a good orc. And so it's nice to have that in there. So yeah, so we don't actually. Do people not? They must have. Do they show these things off somewhere else? Because like, they don't think there's anywhere to actually see this. Is it a surprise uh, to people then? It, may, it might be locked behind it because you haven't backed the, back oh, the tribe yet, you see. So could you be, go. could be. Yeah. But what as as is as is the case with all of these, they do um the stuff comes out during the Patreon, you get it for a little bit of a discount, and then the, the month after you'll just be able to pick it all up separately, or it's a big bundle for a little bit more. So yeah, some really good stuff there from Flesh of Gods. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Right, peeps. Let's find this show out with a Kickstarter. Oh yes. Uh, unfortunately, Jerry isn't here to talk about this one because he has basically bought everything they have ever owned. Uh, but uh, this is MV Creative, also terrible kid stuff. It's kind of like a little, little subsidiary of that. And this is the secret of Greenpeace. Yar. I've got to say it like a pirate because that's the kind of vibe we're getting. Um, so this is a bunch of, you'll be happy to hear, physical miniatures. <laughs> so this is a bunch of 32 millimeter resin miniatures based on their Green Skull Castle collection. So they have done two Kickstarters before this already, all of which Jerry has covered in abundance with his unboxings and things. So if you want to check those out, you can go and check them out on the the Tabletop website, which is very cool. This time around, they're taking even more anime uh, manga-y 
video gamey movie vibes and producing a whole bunch of new characters including their new pirates so if you like things like um black sails or um, secret of monkey island you've got your kind of guybrush threepwood style characters and your black beards and that kind of thing which is really nice i this love guy, but that's your sort of black beard character yeah. or maybe your lechuck if you wanted to paint him up like secrets of monkey island which is quite nice yeah um, then you've got a whole bunch of other characters. The other thing that's really nice about this as well is that they decided, hey, we need something for the goblins to fight. And so this time around, they've also done a set of five dwarves to go up against the goblins, as you can see there. So you've got your kind of like aquaman style characters. You've got your, again, anime and Warcraft and all that kind of inspired mm -hmm. characters in the mix as well. I can't tell exactly where most of the dwarves have come from, apart from maybe two of them. Um, but I'm sure people in the comments will be like, that is clearly a reference to this. Yeah. This, and all that kind there's of your Aquaman. There's your, there's your Aquaman, yes. <laughs> there's your Jason Momoa, the goblin. <laughs> Jason Goblomoa. He's still Jason Goblomoa. Goblomoa. I think that's As I say, these, these guys have, have done two Kickstarters before this already that were exceptionally well-funded and produced some amazing resin miniatures that are just perfect for playing all sorts of different fantasy mm -hmm. games. This is the collection, or at least the, the wider collection, that Jerry's actually going to be using to try and make his own kind of little game or use some rules to create his own fun game where you play with goblins against each other and that kind of thing. We'll see how that uh, turns out when he comes back from his holly bobs and all that kind of stuff as well. But uh, but yeah, some really cool stuff there for you to go and pick up. In addition to the core set that exists um, from this campaign, you can also pick up all of the models from the previous two versions yes. of the Secrets of... Uh, Secret of Greenpeace and the Green Skull Castle. So if you want to pick up your sort of Kratos-inspired and uh, Diablo-inspired characters, you can do that as well and have fun with it and, uh, and and really go to town on your goblin collection. And as you saw, you know, they're, they're typically 32 mil scales, tiny goblins. So they're going to be really fun to throw onto the tabletop. And then you've got mm -hmm. these big guys as well. I, 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 I love the idea of Jerry coming up with some really fun little game where yeah. the goblins have to like fight against one big bad or a thing like that, or maybe do it solo or co-op or something. We'll see what uh, sort of takes his, takes his fancy. If anyone, if, if anyone was thinking about the sort of anime manga vibes, that guy there was your kind of like one piece nod. Yeah. Uh, so if you know uh, that, that, that anime, then you'll no doubt be wanting to pick that one up. There's your sure. kind of black beard, which I think is great. I get a lot of them. Um, who do you call them from Paris? Jack Sparrow. Yeah, Jack yeah, it does. Well. It is black Sparrow. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Not Sparrow. <laughs> Jack Sparrow. <laughs> uh, you got Bass the Fisherman as well, which is really cool there. Looking very nice. And uh, Adus the Swordsman. I assume, again, this is some reference to some anime that I don't know, but there mm. we go. <laughs> it's all from a different... I'm sure um, he's my favourite. He's tree, 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 tree tugs. <laughs> tree tugs. The, the seaman who is the kind of guybrush threepwood um, knockoff. Uh, not yeah. knockoff, but yeah. how could I'm, you go wrong with goblin seaman? Be amazing. <laughs> Can't go right with it. Hang on. Oh, he's even got his little tiny chicken uh, sort of um, put into his uh, put into the nook of his arm there that he's uh, robbed from the nearby restaurant. Uh, and as is the way with guybrush threepwood. I'm sure he can breathe under underwater for an inordinate in <laughs> amount of time, and he absolutely hates porcelain. Not as long as this dude, though. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Looking very cool and resplendent. Well, Angrelin, the vice admiral, again, 
I don't know who he's based on, but he looks cool and he's a really awesome dwarf. So yeah, have fun with that. Really cool beard. And I love that it's a beard and afro combo. I think that's amazing because you yes. don't often see dwarves with afros, I guess. No, no, you, <laughs> so, refreshing yeah. thing to say, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, cool yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there's, uh, I, I can't remember how many days are left on this particular campaign. Uh, yeah, so you've got about nine days from the time you're watching this one. Um, it's a very short one. I think though, in total, they were going to do sort of like a 15 day campaign or something. So, if you're interested in these models and you want to pick them up, make sure to go and check them out over on Kickstarter right now. As I say, if you are sitting on the fence about this, uh, I'm going to put a link into the description where you can go and check out the MB Creative um, Hub or sort of at least their, their section on the website. So, go and check that out. Go and check out all the unboxings and all that kind of thing. And then maybe that will decide whether or not you pick up this new set of models from them on Kickstarter right now. So, yeah. Knife Peeps, interesting stuff this week. But remember to get your comments in to win that Orc Prize, the big Orc Warband. And remember on Monday, we're kicking off that Infinity Week. So watch out on Tabletop for a link through to the, um, the actual campaign itself. And you can get signed up for free. And then you can help shape the future of Infinity. Yeah. Make sure to come and join us if you're a cultist as well for our Sunday show. We're we'll talking about something juicy, but I'm not going to tell you what. I'm going to just tease you and say it's juicy. So until next week, bye, peeps. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.